Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. The Kidley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, but Kidley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're talking about the Arizona game from last year. Um, it was an interesting one. It was a really interesting one. Uh, Colorado won 23-13, which, you know, is good. Got them to 4-0. and um, But they were down 13-zip to zip at the start. There were a lot of ugly points in the game, um, but somehow Jarek just like five or six or seven times found uh, just like a small running lane and uh, wound up putting up like 300 yards. So what a game. Uh, Buffs win. We're going to dig into a bunch of the other stuff I saw that's more interesting than the things that you probably just remember from watching the game yourself. Uh, That's the plan for today. And uh, before we jump in, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. So the Colorado XOs are a rugby team based in Colorado. They train at the uh, the Rugby Town National Training Center. It's the same place that the U.S. national teams work out. And it's like a developmental team. They're taking athletes to play other sports, teach them how to play rugby. Um, in their first season, they got six into Major League Rugby, which is like that the highest rugby league in the United States. Um, so it's cool stuff. You can follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter, the podcast, or you can read the written content at thednvr.com. All right. So, um, like I said, the, the big story here is that... Uh, Jarek Broussard just went off. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this. I mean, we absolutely will over the next hour, however long we wind up sitting here talking. But there were a lot of plays where there was just nothing there. Um, it, it wasn't like a performance where it's like, oh, he's getting seven, eight yards every single time. It's like, no. Half the time, there was just absolutely nowhere to go, and he was getting hit and brought down at the line of scrimmage. But then there were also, obviously, enough times where he would find a running lane, turn into 28 yards or something, and it would just totally change the the, the game situation. Because if you remember all the way through, I mean, at 0-0, if you're able to go get a score, that's a huge change. Um, when you're down 13-0, which is what it got to, you get a score, you just cut that lead in half. Um, even when you get to 13-13, to, to pull ahead, to add another on top of that. So so there were so many plays in this game that felt so important. And 
It was honestly kind of fun to go back and watch. I've forgotten just how ugly some of it was. Um, but we can jump in. Uh, so, in like uh, watching the broadcast, you know, early on they talk about, you know, actually Colorado doesn't control its own destiny despite being undefeated. They can win out, still not get a chance to play for the Pac-12 title. And, and obviously um, that's because they didn't play USC and so there was no head-to-head tiebreaker if USC tied them for the best record. And actually, on top of that, because they played fewer conference games because both Arizona State and USC canceled on them, it was a very weird situation to be in where Colorado could do everything you could possibly ask of it and still not get in. And this was really when all those sorts of conversations started um, was once they were 3-0. and once they had proven they could get to that point, and you look at the schedule and say, yeah, they could easily beat um, Arizona for sure, but then Utah the week after. Um, but that was kind of the situation they were in going into this. Worth noting that Arizona didn't have Grant Gunnell. Uh, he was their starting quarterback, got hurt early in the previous game, Um but yeah, uh, now what, he transferred to Memphis, I think. So uh, any other details here? Oh, one more. It had been over a calendar year since Arizona had last won a football game. And that game was against CU. So there was kind of the other storyline at play here as we got into it. Um, game was in Arizona, by the way. I think that's notable. Um... You know, first possession, Arizona gets the ball. The defense looks as good as you could hope. They're flying around. They, they're they mean. They're hitting people. Um, it's just a quick three and out, and they get the ball back. And then Colorado gets the ball. Um, we, we're not just going to do play-by-play all the way through this, but just to kind of get a feel for what's going on. Um, they get the ball to Vontae on a jet sweep. And he runs the ball really well. I think he picks up like eight yards there, gets around the edge, runs physically. And that's something that I had kind of forgotten. You know, there's there's a lot of plays that he makes, um, like tough catches or getting his hand on a ball that you don't even think he should be able to get his hand on. And you see those kinds of things. And I think it's easy to kind of put him in a bit of a box as a player. And he's, he's certainly not Visco with the ball in his hands. But I do think we might need to give him just a little bit more credit for what he can do with the ball in his hands. Um, that was just, again, a little early note in here. Um, from there, after the jet sweep, they give a, a screen to KD. They lose a couple yards. Um, turns out to get it, get into like a third and 14. I think they picked up a first in there. But uh, there's a pass to Dimitri at the sticks, and it's a low pass, and... If he caught it, it, it may still have been short, but he didn't catch it. And, you know, there's we, we've had a similar conversation to this one about Dimitri before, just a couple weeks ago, where it's like, yeah, he's a good receiver. We can be confident in saying that. Is he a special slot receiver? Again, making difficult catches, that kind of comes with that territory. Um, and he didn't get that one. It is worth noting, though. I was just kind of going back and looking. I think... So, Dimitri tied with... 
I think it was Levante. Um, both of them had seven catches on third downs last season. Um, and that was by far the most on the team. Again, just a, a little note. Kind of what we expect, given that Dimitri was kind of like Sam's... I don't even know what to call it. it was kind of safety blanket out there in some ways. Um, but Vonte up there, too, kind of surprised me. Just a little bit. Just because he was right with Dimitri. Um, yeah. Uh, they punt. There's offsetting penalties. And so they have to punt again. And on the second punt... <laughs> Uh, there's just this really big return. Uh, Arizona gets the ball, I think, at like the CU 40. Um, and again, that's the kind of thing that changes the game. We've seen both teams have pretty short possessions. Um, from there, though, there's a, a big stuff on the first play. Terrence Lang um, gets into the backfield, uh, doesn't get the sack, but forces an incompletion, forces a bad throw. Um, Darren Rakestraw on the third down there. Is just he was just a little bit slow in coverage. You know, it, it was um, I can't remember if it was tight end or slot receiver. I think it was a tight end. He was lined up almost in like a linebacker position, and tight end goes up the field, breaks outside, and Darian just isn't quite there. It seemed like he should have been able to be right on top of him, but just wasn't too concerned. Winds up being a catch, gets the first down. Just a little relaxed in coverage, given the circumstance. Um, and it might have been like zone, and that's why he didn't want to just break hard out there, whatever. Um, but it's what happened. And after, like I said, that was a nice start to that possession. You give up the first down, you let him keep going. Um, and Gary Brightwell, the running back, breaks a 26-yard touchdown. And so it's a really, really good run. Um, and actually, so he hits the hole... And Nate Landman just kind of overran it. And he didn't miss many tackles at all, all season. Um, but that was one that Gary just, he changed direction. He was flying one way and just stopped and went the other way. And he got Nate there. And again, I, I it's almost not even worth saying that just because it's not concerning at all. Like again, that's that's a situation where you take Nate 10 times out of 10, sometimes things happen. Um, sometimes good basketball players blow layups, and that's kind of what that was. Um, if it happened consistently, we'd talk about but that's kind of like, eh, it happens. Um, Gary, though, makes Nate miss, makes like two, three other guys miss, and gets into the end zone from 26 yards out. All of a sudden, it's 7-0 Arizona. Um... From there, Colorado gets the ball. Jarek has a nice run, probably like 12 yards or something to get the first down. Um, Vontae gets a nice grab. Um, and then there's like this double pass from it's like Sam throws it to Dimitri and Dimitri tries to get across the field. It, it didn't work at all. The next play, Colorado calls an option um, just out of the shotgun. Um, running right with Jarek on his right. Sam gets the ball, goes out there. It gets kind of blown up. Sam pitches it anyway. Ball kind of goes to Jarek's feet. Jarek is able to get it. Just an ugly play and an option play. The play after, you have a double pass, and now it's third and 13. And you're just like, well, did we get a little too cute here? And I would say, yes, they did get just a little bit too cute there. At the same time, this is what 
I guess that's only their f- second possession, and it's probably still time to just do what you do best, and that is give the ball to Jarek. Um, but yeah, third and 13, though. Call pass play. Sam sees a running lane. He runs. He picks up the first down. But Chance Lytle's called for a holding, and uh, they get sent back. It's just like a little draw to Jarek, and he gets like four yards, and then they punt. Um, again, how does the game change if they just stay on the field there? It's similar to the conversation the play before, you know, where Darian probably could have covered that guy. He should have been there. And then all of a sudden, there is no opportunity to break a long touchdown. You know, before that, they would have been... 40 yards further away from the end zone at the start of the drive if there just weren't those offsetting penalties. And that's kind of the thing when you, again, go back and watch these games. It's just like, things happen. And some of them are just like good breaks or bad breaks or whatever. Some of them you can control. And there are a couple things in this game that Colorado could have controlled. And again, I don't want to like pick on Darian too much, but he could have controlled that. He could have ended that drive. Um, Chance Lytle, he, uh, he, he probably didn't need to hold that guy. Actually, it's kind of tough going back and looking at the replay, whether he did or didn't. I think if he doesn't hold him, Sam still picks it up, though. Um, From there, though, they, they punt. Arizona breaks a 30-yard run. Break another, I think they break a 45-yard run on the same drive. And uh, that's obviously that's 75 yards. Um, and all of a sudden, um, they, they do get the stop down there and force a field goal, but you're down 10 zip after giving up a couple of big runs. And uh, this is where I'll note that uh, Akil Jones didn't play this game. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say like we take Akil Jones for granted, but. When you're missing a starter and you have such a great run defense, you know, the game before this, the San Diego State game, like I said plenty of times last week, Colorado, when they were on defense, forced more plays that went for zero yards or a loss of yards than there were positive gains for San Diego State. You don't see that very often at, like, any level of college football. To go from that to... At this point in the game, you've given up a 26-yard touchdown run. You've given up a 30-yard run. You've given up a 45-yard run. That's, uh, it's awful. It's, it's, it's awful, and this is kind of the story. I think more so in the 2019 season, we saw just how leaky this defense could be, um, where they play really well outside of a few plays, and Mel Tucker just kept saying, well, if it weren't for those big plays, we would have, we would have given up, given up 3.4 yards per play or something like that, and it's like, very true, but also, you did give up those four plus yard plays, and, and where does that leave us? And this was one of the games last season where that same issue kind of popped up, and again, it was mostly in the run game, and, you know, the uh, Quinn Perry, for example, struggled with his run fits. It's something he's done before. He made some good plays in the game as well, but, you know, when, when the defense is as aggressive as Colorado's defense is, everybody's trying to get into the backfield. You can't blow your assignment. Otherwise, that running back can get right by you and down the field. And that's what happened twice here. Um, And as I put in the notes, you know, 
Quinn Perry redeems himself on the next run after the 45-yarder. It's like, well, you can't, unless it's a 45-yard loss, redeems is probably the wrong word. But it is kind of a give and take at that position for a lot of the game. And it caused problems, obviously. Um, but yeah, at this point, they're they're down 10 zip, less than five minutes left in the first quarter. Still plenty of time. And uh, Colorado put together a pretty nice drive. Um, passed to Schmansky, passed to Sh- Chenault, to Arias. I, th- I think there was another one to Chenault in there. Uh, Sam and Jarek both had good runs. Um, there was like a, a deep ball to Daniel Arias. It was one that, you know, Rogie Roth said a couple times when he was the color guy in this game. But two of the deep balls, I think probably the two only deep balls that Sam th- threw, he's got one-on-one coverage down the field. You got to lead him across the field. Let him use the leverage, use the separation he's gained, play into that space. And again, Sam isn't going to be around this year, so we don't have to spend too much time talking about it. But again, it is worth noting, as we have been noting, Sam is a passer. Honestly, to me, is still a question mark. Still just a question mark is the only way you can say it. Because there were, there were points where he looked good. Um, there were points where he looked bad. A lot of the points where he looked bad were after he had a, a, an injury to his shoulder that kept him like from succeeding quite a bit. You know, he's going and getting shots in his arm and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, that's not what you want from your quarterback. And so how much of a pass do you give him? I don't know. But there are some throws in there that you say, hey, what happens if it's JT making that throw? Now, also, is JT going to run on third and 13 and go pick that up? Like, yeah, I don't know. Brendan probably does. But does Brendan also make the throw? It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And there are some things in here that are different than what I think we're going to see next year. The point is, though, on that bomb to Daniel Arias, there's a roughing the passer. That's another 15 yards on top of all the other good things that are happening. Um, and uh, so they're, they're, what, probably inside the 30, uh, getting closer to scoring position. And they go back to the jet sweep to Levante Chenault. And he runs real hard. And he fumbles it. And Utah picks it up. And uh, obviously that's uh, the end of the possession. There's also the first takeaway of the season for Arizona. You'll, you hate you hate that. Um, but yeah, it's a good drive. Things are going well. They have so much momentum. It's looking like at the very least they're going to make this a one-score game. And you know, based on what we've seen, you're thinking, yeah, they should be able to get this into the end zone, especially because it's Colorado and the red zone is where they were at their best last year. Again, just one of those plays that really changes the game. And so now you're still down 10-0. Other side, there's like a third and four. Um, Carson Wells, Terrence Lang, um, I think Mustafa too. They all get into the backfield. Um, basically, the entire front seven gets in the backfield. Just bury them. Um, but that they're still able to get a field goal out of it. 13 zip early in the second. Again, it's you see stuff like that from that defense, and you're just like, wow, nobody can move the ball on these guys. And then they break a 40-yarder or something, and you're just like, what is happening here? Um, and I think that part of what's happening is you're missing a starting linebacker, and that can cause some problems. Um. But yeah, I guess we can move along. We'll talk more about that stuff later. 
Um, Buffs don't really do much with the ball. I think it gets batted on the third down, and then they punt. Um, there's a great play from Utah coming back off of that. Um, Darian Rakestraw blitzes up the middle. Um, just everything parts in front of him. He timed it really well. Gets the quarterback square in the chest. Just destroys him. But the quarterback throws the ball up as he's going down. Or like as he's getting hit. Um, and it's probably at least a 30-yard pass. And he just drops it perfectly into double coverage up at midfield. It's a great catch. Like going to the ground. And you're just like, wow. Uh, uh, you're you're looking good out there again, but it's one of those plays, and just like that, a, a thirty yard, forty, probably thirty five yard gain right there changes everything. And at this point, Colorado's kind of on the ropes. You give up a touchdown here, and you're down twenty to zip. Um, but front seven gets all mean again. They cause a bunch of chaos, and Arizona punts. And again, Colorado is stuck super deep. In their own territory, a thing that just happened over and over again. Um, some of them like made sense. I think like the first punt that Arizona had, it hit at like the thirty-five or forty-yard line and just bounced and bounced and rolled and kept going until it was down at like the sixteen or something. It's like he's got an extra twenty yards out of this, and it just sucks. And that one right there, that's a bad break. That ball could bounce any direction. So yeah, um, moving along though. They're stuck way deep in there. Um, luckily, they have Jarek Broussard, and they open a running lane, and he runs the ball 75 yards. And <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, isn't that a – we talk about all these plays that change games. Nothing changes the game more than that. Um, he did get caught from behind. One of those plays where you say, hey, what happens without that knee brace? Is that what Carl's talking about? He gets away from that guy next year. It'd be nice. In this situation, it didn't matter. Um Ashad Clayton then got his second carry of the season. Takes it 17 yards right up the middle. He's just plowing through guys. Then uh, they give him the ball twice more. Uh, try to punch it in from the goal line, and he puts it in on the second one. 13-7. to seven. And again, that's one of those things you look at, and you're like, Arizona has had control in this game. They're the ones that have been able to score points, all that kind of stuff. You cut their lead in half. What if they had gotten three touchdowns instead of a touchdown, two field goals? You know, twenty-one to seven is very different than thir- thirteen to seven, and that is—I don't know—we don't get many opportunities to talk about that kind of stuff when we talk about Colorado last year, because Colorado always got touchdowns. And you say like, yeah, that's that's important. It means a lot, but this is one of those times where you really see it, where Arizona scored three times, Colorado had one really good play, and then made things work out from there. And now it's only a six-point game. That's why touchdowns are so important compared to field goals, and that is still the biggest reason I'm concerned about Sam moving on. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. We might as well keep going a little bit. Let's see. Uh, get a quick stop. They're leaning on the running game. Again, It's it's weird, though, because it seems like half the time... Jarek's just getting stuffed, but half the time he's getting loose. And on this next drive, after the 75-yarder, breaks a 59-yarder. 
and he gets down to the four-yard line. And then on the next play, Ashad Clayton puts it in the end zone, and Colorado's up 14-13 to with three minutes left in the half. Um, just so quick how those things turned around. And the reason they turned around, Jarek Broussard. And again, like, the offensive line did open lanes on those plays. And that was a very big difference from some of the other plays. But again, it, it is Jarek who's the one who makes it 75 yards and 59 yards instead of, you know, 20, 25. And that's a really big difference because, again, Arizona was picking up those 20s and 25s. Jarek was breaking the 75s. Um, let's take a quick break right here. This seems like a good spot for it, and then we'll get into the second half. Um, some things we want to touch on there. Hassle Cattle Company is basically like the best beef you're going to find, or at least the best beef you're going to find and then also want to pay for. Uh, it's Wagyu beef, uh, but they call it the blue-collar Wagyu beef, again, because it is affordable. It's meant for people like you and me and not uh, the people who usually get to eat Wagyu beef. That's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They do things the right way, no hormones, no antibiotics. Um, they register their bulls, all that kind of important stuff. And they've really mastered raising this sort of beef. Um, so many different products you can choose from. Obviously, like a bunch of different steaks and all that. But there's also like the 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 meat sticks or the beef bacon or all that. Um, you can actually go down to the DMVR bar and pick up a Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef burger. And it's really incredible. I definitely recommend that. And right now, they have an awesome promotion going. If you use the code DNVRFLANK, then you can get buy three, get one free flank steaks from HassleCattleCompany.com. Um, they're, they're already very affordably priced. I think they're like 10 bucks each. But now, I mean, if you're getting four of them, 30 bucks instead of 40 Definitely the time to check all of this stuff out. Uh, so make sure you get on to that. Also, if you... Uh, if you aren't into flank steaks, which, I mean, I don't know why that would be, uh, you can use the code DMVR10 still uh, for 10% off your order from HassleCattleCompany.com. Definitely get over there and check that out. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Um, also, want to uh, talk about... DraftKings Sportsbook. Not only is it my favorite sportsbook, it's also the country's favorite sportsbook. Um, there's incredible reviews all over. It's the top-rated sportsbook um, in the United States for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, it's easy to navigate. They offer great odds on a bunch of different promotions, um, a bunch of different events, so many different bets you can make, uh, prop bets, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's instructions for new bettors too. Just so many different things you can do, and it's a lot of fun. Um, right now, you can pick either basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $150 in site credits. Make sure you take advantage of that. Again, DraftKings is safe, it's secure, it's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. They'll take care of you. Um, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $150 in free credits. 
Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win the next game, and if they do, you'll claim $150 in free credits. That's promo code DMVR for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, getting back into some of this. So we made it to halftime. What are my post-halftime notes looking like? 14, 13, there it is. Okay, oh yeah, so this was great. Uh, (laughs) Right after halftime, and I'm not sure what the stat line for... uh, Sam was at this point in the game at halftime. It doesn't feel like it was very good at all, though. I will say that. And right after half, he throws a pick. It's not It's not the worst interception in the world. What happens is he's like, I think it's, it's a crossing route, and there's a linebacker that's between him and the receiver. And the linebacker has to like jump back and use one hand to get the ball. And, you know, the truth is it was an interception and it was a ball he shouldn't have thrown. I will say, though, it wasn't, like, the most disgusting-looking interception of the year for Sam, though. Not in, like, terms of... That sounded like a a diss, but it wasn't supposed to be. Um, It was a really tough game for Sam, though. Um, He... Let's see. Where are these numbers say? Finished 12 of 19... 92 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. You just, you need a little bit more than that. You need a little bit more than that. Um, You know, and again, like you look at things like when he was kept clean, completed 12 of 16 passes. When he was under pressure, he was 0 for 3. That's not going to kill you, you know. And and being 12 of 19, completed 63% of your passes, that's not going to kill you. You just need more than 92 yards from your quarterback to have a, a good chance to win any given game. Um, and the two picks don't help either. Um, we'll get into the second pick later, I guess. But in general, just kind of a, a tough day. He wasn't hitting anything downfield. Uh, really wasn't trying all that much either. Um, both of the interceptions, we'll get into the other one. It was actually the same linebacker, Pandy. Pandy, I think it is, is his name. Um he got them both, similar plays. Um, we'll get back into that in a second, though. Um, I will say this, though. Colorado's defense steps up, ends the drive pretty quickly, and what happens on the final play is Joshka comes around the end, chases the quarterback right into Mustafa, and that's it, and there's a punt. Just the front seven in this game, it, it's it's hard to say it was really, really, really good just because there were those few plays where the defense was really leaky. But for the most part, you watch them and you're just like, wow, this is a really special group here. And then they give up a big play. But um, Colorado gets the ball back. Um, it's one of my favorite plays from Dimitri all season. Um, he's like running from the slot on the left side. He has like outside leverage on the cornerback he's running an out route but he doesn't rush it he doesn't peel off and try to run away he gives this great head fake and just gets wide open 
on the sideline and Sam hits him. And it's like, wow, that is like, like it's, it's almost like Jerry Judy type of stuff where you see the highlights and he's just like shaking his head and like doing weird things. And somehow the defender goes the other direction. Dimitri showed some of that there. We want to see more. Um, but again, one of my favorite plays, one of my favorite routes from Dimitri all year. Um, after that, Sam breaks a 50 yard run, gets him down to the one yard line. And, uh, then Sharon tries to get it in. Doesn't do it. Sam pounds it in. Um, that's also the play where Chance Lytle got hurt. He had the broken leg. Um, but yeah, um, again, can you really say that Sam was that bad when he had a 50 yard run that in that situation that set up what it set up? And there were other big runs from him too. Um, I wonder, I should pull up these rushing numbers here. Um, but again, like, I, can you really complain about that? I don't know that you can. Yeah, 7 for 64. So I guess uh, having the 13-yarder not count stings a little bit. Um, or the third, third and 13 he picks up. But it was good work. It was good work from Sam in the running game. Um Oh, there we are. Uh, so, yeah, up 21-13 now. Is that right? That can't be right. Yeah, it is right. That is right. Um, front seven, again, just dominant. Um, Nate hit a guy real hard. Carson gets a sack. It's a three and out. Um, they don't do much with it. Give the ball back, and Arizona gets three really big runs um I think all of them pro- they might have all been 20 yards and gets them down the field and it's like again we just saw how good you guys are how do you give up these long runs over and over again in this game um but Terrence Lang tips the ball Nigel Bethel picks it off in the end zone Colorado holds that 21-13 lead uh, with the third quarter kind of winding down Big play there. Again, it's they did step up too. The defense in general, when their backs against were were against the wall, they did go make the play. At the same time, they gave up big runs. It's just a tough evaluation for everybody in this game because so much of it was up and down. Except for Jarek, you run for three hundred yards. That's just like a full A plus, um, regardless of anything else. Um. Give the ball to Jarek, gets nothing. Give the ball to Jarek, gets nothing. Give the ball to Jarek again, picks up 30 yards. It's like, oh, there he goes again, just over and over and over again. And again, it's like it's very boomer bust in basically all aspects of this game on both sides. Um, Vonte had a great grab, like crossing route, balls behind him. He has to like turn around and adjust, and he pulls it in. He's really good. He is really good. Um, raw, still, not as raw as before. Pl- obviously, like, playable. That's that's an understatement. Um, but a lot of plays from Levante in this game that make you really excited to watch him in 2021. Um, from there, there's, like, a, a great screen to Dimitri. He gets loose. It's a big gainer. They get into the red zone. Um, 
Sam throws an interception to that Pandy guy again. Like, ah, no, don't do that. This one was worse than the first one. Um, but, yeah, it's just so frustrating, especially in a game where, like, he finishes with 92 yards to also have two interceptions. You're just like, what? And I can't remember what down it was. Easy in hindsight to always say, why not just give it to Jarek? Especially in that situation where you're like, okay, 21 to 13. That's still a one-score game. If we just get a field goal, two-score game. And that really should have been the goal there. Obviously, you always want to get the ball in the end zone. They're really good when they're down there getting into the end zone. Just frustrating. And that was the one, too, where uh, after the play, Sam's on the sideline, and he and Carl are just yelling at each other. And it looks like Carl is saying, like, you can't just throw the line drive. you got to pull a touch on the ball, and Sam is having none. It, again, that's based on one hand gesture. I don't know what they were saying. Um, but just an interesting thing to see because I don't even necessarily think it's like a bad thing, but all this happens like, so you get the interception. I think the next play is a 27 yard run for Arizona. Then it cuts to the sideline where Carl and Sam are yelling at each other. And then while they're doing that, Terrence is down on the field with some sort of injury. Um, then there's a P.I. right after that. And you're just like, what is happening in this game? Things are falling apart. Um, after that, there's another pass interference. I think what what the first one was, Isaiah Lewis didn't get his head around. The other one was, I can't remember who the other one was. Um, but obviously they get way downfield. They're at the goal line, third down. Nate just stuffs a guy, just pounds a guy. And uh, forces a fourth down. It, it pushed him backwards. I think it was like a fourth and four or something. And broke up the pass, dodged a bullet. And again, it's another one of those plays. If they're able to get that ball in there, who knows? They get that two point conversion. This is a tie game. At the same time, Nate does, or sorry, Sam doesn't throw that interception on the other end. How does that change the game? There's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in this game. I guess maybe that's just how sports work. But a lot of big plays, and it turned out that Colorado was on the right end of both of them. Um, there was a big run from Sam. Or no, it wasn't a big run. I think it was like four yards on third and four, and he's just bouncing off of guys, and he goes and picks it up. Um, and then Jarek breaks a big one, and then they have a little chip shot field goal. Go up twenty three or no twenty four thirteen with two and a half minutes left. That's basically it. Um, a real grinded out type of game. And I think that it's it's easy to look at that sort of game and say, well, that's disappointing. And and you wouldn't be wrong. It would be disappointing because we'd seen what Colorado could do to that point, how successful they could be, and we also knew that you know Arizona hadn't won a game in a calendar year. Um, you're also on the road and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it would have been nice to just go in there and win 70 to zero. But when things aren't always going your way, in part because of the mistakes that you're making yourself, whereas the interceptions from Sam, I mean, those interception drives, those turn to touchdowns. Well, then all of a sudden it's 37 to 13. You're not complaining about that. Um, the... There's like the pass interferences. There's the play with Darian where I feel like he could have been in a much better position without asking too much of him. And that stops Arizona from getting that first touchdown. 
23 to 6 would feel a lot better. You know, or 24 to 6, sorry, is what the score would be, assuming nothing else changes, which isn't how things work. But it worked out. And Colorado made the plays needed to make. Um, certainly there were a couple more that it could have made. And I guess in that way, it's all it almost feels like the UCLA game. Obviously not in terms of the shape of the game. You know, that's the one where Colorado goes up like 35 to 7 or something and just kind of slowly things get chipped away. Um, whereas this one, they go down, but they just play good football. And they don't really get away from what they're all about, even though it was kind of frustrating to run the ball at points because there were quite a few stuffs. As soon as Jarek starts breaking a couple of those, and by halftime, first of all, by halftime, I guess you already have the lead, but he's sitting on 100 and something rushing yards because he broke two big runs. And they just kept feeding Jarek. They didn't force Sam to go out of his element, throw the ball downfield too much. Um, might have opened some things up. Might have worked. But, you know, again, I think you could probably say fairly conservative with the game plan. Um, more so offensively and defensively. I, I don't even know if I can say that. I kind of want to go back and watch and see just like... Like, like de- the defense was aggressive. The front seven was flying downhill, trying to get in the backfield. But was the game called aggressively, or is that just the nature of that front seven and what they're all about um, and what you've been trying to get them to be if you're the coaching staff since camp, you know? So ugly points for sure. It wasn't a 10 out of 10 performance or anything. But I think it is good to see them grind through a game like that and being able to win those games is just as important as being able to go up 35 to 14 or whatever it was and hold on. Um, so, yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of it for my thoughts today. There wasn't too much else I wanted to get to. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll do it. Um, I'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs>